Uh, scripture for today is in Malachi chapter 3, verse 10. It reads, Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. Generous. It's a great word, right? It's inspiring when you see someone who is truly living out generosity. It's so rare. It runs against all the current of life that says, keep it for yourself. Uh, Generous people are extraordinary. And when we see them, we remember. Now, this is where, when I asked, where do you see generosity? This is where you saw it this week. Someone you have never met has given you the name generous. They've never seen your face before. It's a pastor of another congregation, but she knows, by the way, um, our church sent money for eggs to their homeless ministry. By the way, our youth director invited them to join us on our mission trip. By the way, and this is so telling, that our youth group, instead of saying, okay, this is us and it's you, the youth group invited those five students in and said, you're a part of us. This pastor saw generosity in all the actions that she knows of you. And she said to me, Bee Creek is strong and generous. And she's right. Right? It's a thrilling joy to look out at your faces, to look at the pictures of what we're doing, and to think, not only are we trying to be generous, but someone is acknowledging that and blessing it and saying, I see it too. Now, when I was in seminary, there was a lot of talk about how most Christians are exactly the opposite and how tragic it is, and it is tragic, actually, that you could believe so forcefully in Jesus Christ but never be willing to surrender the resources that God gave you back to God. And so we did a lot of talking in seminary about, especially my professors, about what was the problem Now, why was it that Christians, and you can read the studies, give one, two, three percent maybe? And there were all of these thinkers, and I still remember this. I remember one of these great leaders saying, if Christians did what we said in Malachi, what God asked us to do, um, the church would change the world. As it is, the church is paralyzed. And I always wondered from that moment on what it would be like to pastor a church that wasn't paralyzed, one that was alive and changing the world. It's incredible because that's y'all. That's you every day changing the world, every day. So compellingly that pastors you have never met say about you, Those people, your people, are generous people. Now, being part of that kind of a church, let me tell you how it's different and wonderful. It's wonderful because when you sit at finance committee meetings, I don't hear my finance committee talking about how can we take in one more offering, right? Let's pass the plate again or sing another song or how are we going to get more? What I hear the finance committee sitting around the table talking about is, 
we have one of our largest worship services coming up, they'll say, before Palm Sunday. Could we give the offering away? And if we gave it away, could we double it? Could we match whatever is given that day and use it to meet dental needs in our, in our community? That's what it's like to be part of a generous church is you have people who are stretching to give more and more away instead of trying to take more and more in. That's cool. Being the pastor of a generous church means that you all are giving to God through your hours of time, through the skills that God has given you, a rich offering that if the church tried to pay you to do what you do free of charge, we could never afford it. I counted up this week. I just made a little unofficial count of all of the people, how you volunteer, and I got to 473. 473 people who are giving their gifts and their time and their skills back to God. Now, that's ushers, that's greeters, that's cart drivers, that's Stephen ministers, that's hospital visitation team, that's hospitality, that's um, the people running the sound, the children's ministry people, the youth people, our musicians. Imagine if we had to pay for all of that. And you give it to us free of charge, back to God. What a beautiful offering. I I thought 473, if we're all giving one hour, and that's not unreasonable with all of those positions I just named, one hour a week, every year we are pouring into our community 25,000 hours of our time. It's a beautiful offering. That's an offering so great, we can never buy it. You give it free of charge. You're generous. Being part of a generous congregation means not only meeting those physical needs that people have, like the dental needs, but it means meeting the needs that they keep in their hearts, the needs of the soul. Did you know that in this church this year, 46 people have stood up and said, for the first time, I believe. I believe in Jesus Christ and I want to be his follower. We have had 46 people profess their faith or renew their faith in Christ after a space of 20 years. They have stood right here and said, I believe again. 46. We're in October. That's one person a week who finds salvation here. That is so cool. That is world-changing life-changing, and the transformation of God at work because you give, because you care enough to not just sit there but say, we're not going to be paralyzed. We're going to be alive. We serve a living God. The power of God is at work in our community, and it's going to work through me. Now, when I asked you for pictures of generosity, this was the coolest part to me. Last week was strength. We had pictures of people, and we had pictures of plants, and pictures of events, or, you know, ideas like unity, hands holding each other, um, all these different ideas. When I asked you for pictures of generosity, I got back all these pictures of faces. Generosity always has a face. It's not like a nebulous thing out there. 
It's not a feeling or an emotion. It's a face. It's someone living it out. And it's you guys living it out here at church, in your daily lives, in your workplace. It's you living it out. Generosity, when Pastor Jean Devine says you're generous, she's, even though she's never seen your faces, she's thinking of these faces. The skin you put on generosity, right? Generosity also is the faces of people who receive. And since I don't have pictures of that, I want to tell you a couple of stories. There's a family, it's just a couple, an older couple in our community. They don't have any church connection, but they have friends and connections at Bee Creek. And those friends and connections reached out to us and said, this couple's needs are overwhelming. We don't even know if you can help but they need help so desperately. And so our Wesley nurse made contact with them. We got them connected with Helping Hand Crisis Ministry. We started to learn about their needs. And in this space of time, thank goodness we knew about them, the husband went into the hospital for over a week. His wife is on a walker. She can barely move. And she was hobbling. As soon as the doors opened, as soon as visitors were allowed, she would go in and stay with her husband to encourage him, and then at night she would hobble back home. She needs a hip replacement badly, and her insurance will pay for it, but the problem was, this was the most grievous problem for them, um, that her teeth are bad. There's so many infections in her teeth that they've become systematic, systemic, and there's no doctor that'll touch her to do the hip replacement, which could restore her mobility because of the teeth. And so Helping Hand said to us, you know, this goes far beyond what we do. We do the immediate need, but she needs these teeth extracted. She needs some dentures. And so our outreach committee talks about this and says, you know what? We have had giving above and beyond what we thought. We're going to be able to do this in partnership with Dr. Anderson, who cuts his fees in half. We're going to be able to get this woman some dentures so her hip can get replaced. And our Wesley nurse got to carry the good news. It's always fun to be the carrier of the good news. She called the husband and she said, "Um, I have extraordinary news. Bee Creek is going to, in partnership with Dr. Anderson, completely pay for those dentures that your wife needs so that she can get her surgery. And if you ask Heather Jo about that call, she'll tell you that all she heard on the phone was just choking sobs. And then the man said, thank you. He kept saying over and over, thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, we had no idea this was a burden we thought we would never be out from under. We couldn't fix it ourselves. Thank you. Tell your church thank you. Generosity changes people's lives. It helps them believe again. When you're generous, it's not nebulous. It's got a face a real person whose life is transformed, like those, that couple. I had a guy come in to lunch with Laura, a new person, and he heard all about our church, and um, he came up to me afterwards. He didn't want to ask it in public, and he pointed to our We Believe statements, and he said, he pointed to change the world, and he said, do you really believe this? I said, yeah, we really believe that. He said, 
No, really, because a lot of people, a lot of churches just put that down, but they, they don't really do anything about it. I said, really? This church believes that. And we are working every day to transform the world to be more like the kingdom of God, doing everything we can. Just stick around, you'll see it. He was like, okay. I want to find that guy and be like, do you believe it now? Stay with us for a few weeks where you will see it. Um, Marty Miller told me a story about our Vista House. Our Vista House is a home on our campus that provides um, housing for people who are homeless, for families and kids and individuals. And a couple of years ago, there was a guy in the Vista House who had lost his job, who was struggling with alcohol, and who was living out of his car. And so Helping Hand Crisis Ministry said, Bee Creek has a Vista House. We'd like you to stay in it until you can get back on your feet. And the volunteers there, many of whom are here at this church, reached out to him, just kept telling him, it's not over, you're going to get back on your feet, God believes in you, we believe in you. And over that span of just three months, and it can be extended, but this man, for three months, he got a job in construction. He started going to AA, which we also host on our campus. And he eventually, at the end of those three months, was able to move into his own place. And he got promoted. And he kept, he kept telling the ministry to Helping Hand and Marty, who's over there, telling um, him how great God had been to him and how thankful he was for that second chance. And eventually this man came to Marty and said, you know, I'd really like to give back because of how generous everyone's been with me. And if you could get cans of paint, I will paint the whole Vista house on the outside. And he did. He said, I want it to be as welcoming and hopeful for new families as it was for me. And if you ever need the roof repaired, call me, he said. I'll do it. That's what it means to be generous. It means that one at a time, lives are being changed and put back together again. And in a world that says, oh, you're never going to make it, there are people like you that are saying, yes, you will. God hasn't given up on you, and we haven't either, and we will sacrifice to help you believe in second chances. Now this year, did you notice, did you notice what God says, that when we're generous, when we give that 10%, what God will do? I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great, you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test, God says. Now this year, our church reached that 10% that God talks about. We reached it. And as I was thinking about that, praying about that, I realized this is also the year when out of the blue, someone came forward and offered a million dollars to us so that we could build a gym that will reach out to our community even further. A million dollars. I was talking with some district superintendents and some other pastors, and I was, I mean, over the moon excited and talking about how we're going to tell you. I'm like, have you ever gotten a million dollars? Because I figured that's like a thing. And they're like, no. But good for you. I'm like, <laughs> you think that's a coincidence? 
Bring the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, I will open the windows of heaven. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Test me. God never says test me. This is the one place in the Bible where God says, I know it's hard and I know you struggle to believe. Test me. You'll find I'm faithful and we're finding that. So what's next? Something amazing. Something that I have never asked a church before because it never seemed possible before. But as I prayed this week and as I thought about you, I knew it was possible. And I knew not only is it possible, this is God's will. It has to do with this. So we're now a church gives away, right? One out of every ten. And it's transformed us. Could we be people, individuals, couples, families, who look at all that God has placed in our hands and we say, okay, I will give you 10%, God. Now, like I said, I see you looking at each other going, woo. And I have never asked this of people before. I have always said, give what you can. Because, man, you give what you can and it changes the world. But what God says is, give me 10%. Test me and see if there isn't a blessing so great, you don't have room to take it in. If this is what happens in our church, it will happen in our lives too. We can trust God. It will happen. Now, I know that when I say, okay, 10%, everybody, 10%, that the first thing that comes into your mind is, whoa, no, I can't do that because of this and this and this, right? That would never work for me. I'm sure it would work for other people, but not for me because of this. I know that those objections scream so loudly in your head. I know that because they did for me. When we first started talking about doing this as a church, the loudest voices in my head said no. They were saying, debt. The church has too much debt to do that. There are salary needs. There are program ministries. We need another phone. No, no, no. Those were in my head too. And then I prayed and I sat with God and I listened and I talked to some of you, and I heard how you desired to give. And I told you last week, I heard the voice of God saying, you have a church that wants to do more, that wants to tithe. Help them believe. Don't be afraid. And I'll tell you, it's scary at the beginning. But every step you take towards this, you get stronger. I believe it. I believe it's true in your life too. How do we do this? Some of you have told me, well, when I first found out about tithing, the next check I got, I gave 10%. That's awesome. Do it if you can. Um, maybe you're going to be like the church who thought we're at less than 1% and we want to get to 10%. 
And so we're going to do it over the course of a couple of years. And we're going to work up to it. But whatever you do, first of all, pray about it. And then when God lays it on your heart, and he will, tell somebody. We spoke it. Long before we got there, we spoke it to each other. We said, this is where we're going, and this is what we want to do. Speak it. Believe it. God promises that when we give 10%, the floodgates of heaven are opened. Would you like to see that in your life? I would love to see that in your lives. I would love it. You will love it. The scariest thing when you begin becomes the most wonderful when you get there and you go, oh my goodness, this is living being a generous soul. Do it for yourself, surely. Do it for the world. Because if we are right here giving 10% right now, what is it that God wants us to do next? Something incredible. Something life-transforming. There are 50 people, 46 people out there, right, that still need to hear the good news. There are people who are homeless who we have to turn away from the Vista house. There is so much that we could do. Do this in your life so that the kingdom of God can come. And finally, do it for the witness that it will be. Now, there's a lot of churches out there that are known because they are the biggest church in town. Okay, that's awesome. There's churches that are known because they have the biggest, snappiest sanctuary. Way to go. Or the nicest pipe organ. God wants us to be known for this. For generosity that is inspiring and transforming and wonderful. For being a church, whatever size we are, that is strong and generous, that changes the world through what we give, through our hours of time, that's who God wants us to be. That's what we'll be known for. That is our legacy that we are teaching to our children, that they are carrying with them. That's who we're called to be, strong and generous. Let's pray. Lord, generosity, as you know, doesn't come easy for most of us. Um, mostly the voices in our head say, hang on to what we have and try to get a little more. And yet you call us to share, to give away an amount that never happens by accident. And if you call, Lord, then you will give us the strength to do it. So help us to find the strength to be generous people so that our lives can be transformed when we give, so that the world can change to be more like your kingdom, and for the witness it will be to help others believe that what they thought was impossible is never impossible with you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.